Undercurrent. Bluetooth mode has been on. This is Undercurrent's weekend. <laughs> We're talking with Bob Doran, photographer, chef, and music writer, and a regular special correspondent on Undercurrent's weekend. I'm trying to figure out how to make my life more um, multimedia. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, photography is my thing, and videos have a little bit, maybe just, I what I find is it's really easy for me to, when I'm out and I'm hearing bands, I can post a clip of, of 30 seconds mm-hmm. or 15 seconds. Like it's 15 seconds on Instagram. Just loop that around, yeah. and then people get a little taste of it right now. They come, you know. The, the truth is, sometimes people will see something on Instagram, and they will go to the club that night. Wow! Because, because they you go, just oh, put it that's up. that's oh, I didn't know they were playing there. Oh, that's you know. Yeah, and you have that good because, mic too that you can plug into your your phone, right? That little yeah, which mic. I have I haven't gotten in the habit of. Uh, <laughs> Putting it in my, uh, well, you know, I'm trying to find the ultimate pants. That's part yeah. of the problem. <laughs> you're in Is the dark, the, you're fussing around, and you've got all these accessories. Well, you don't want to drop them and have somebody step on them with their big boots. Right, and I don't, you know, I, I made this mistake in the past where I had all this gear in a bag, mm-hmm. which ended up, the bag disappeared. Oh, no. So I had to replace the camera. I Everything that I had in that kit was, you know, something that I used. Mm-hmm. But now, now it's like, okay, I, I got some cargo pants. I have, you know, I just got a. I finally have completed my camera kit, put it back together, so I have two lenses, and I yeah. can put one of the, my long lens in my pants in in a bag. They're actually in the bag for this microphone. You on a photo shoot, Bobby? You're just glad to see me. Yeah, it's, the, it's on the side of my leg. So, and it, and I have a you know I have the microphone has a little case, so I could put that in the other, other side. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like okay, uh, <laughs> Mister Bulge. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, you know, I, I people I, I find that people don't look at your pants ever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean they. See if you're wearing like raggedy jeans or something mm-hmm. like that, because that makes a statement of some sort. But they don't really see if you're just wearing some kind of black pants. They don't go, "Oh, that's a really big pocket." Sometimes some people, you know, notice when I take something out of my pocket, and they go, "Oh, what do you got in there?" Well, <laughs> yeah, it's not a banana. Okay, I hear this cat meowing in my background. Who is? Locked in my office. I think I have to let her out. We're talking with Bob Doran. You want to go out? Okay. I have a little uh, messenger bag that I carry around everywhere. And I found that's really, really useful. It's not padded, you know. If something needs padding, I'll put a little case around it or something. But I just throw my camera and my recorder and, you know, my keys, different things in there. But I never take it off. Is the yeah. thing. It's light enough that I can always have it on. I know if I told you I was reading this book about Alexander von Humboldt and mm-hmm. his travels. I don't know. We didn't have this conversation at all. No. That's sort of that's one of the things that I'm going to be exploring in the uh, the other podcast area mm-hmm. is the life of Humboldt. But he was a he was an explorer type. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, I live in Humboldt, and everybody Humboldt lives in Humboldt. Yeah, yeah. Humboldt County. And actually, there's Humboldt counties all over the, all over the country. But this one's in Northern California. Yeah, I'm in Northern California in Humboldt County, where Humboldt State University is also, and people identify as being from Humboldt. Mm-hmm. You know, the county. I don't hear that so much for other places, but instead of saying I'm from Arcata, I would probably say I'm from Humboldt, and that's just sort of some kind of code. I don't know what it means. Mm-hmm. It, it means different things to different people, and that's sort of what I'm exploring. You know, if you type in the word Humboldt into Instagram with a with a hashtag, you'll get all different sorts of stuff. You'll get people who are vacationing here and they're taking pictures of the redwoods. And then you get pictures of people showing off their marijuana crop mm-hmm. constantly. That's a really a, a, a hot topic in Humboldt. Um, and, but people don't know who Humboldt is. They don't have any idea. who He's he is. a German guy, wasn't he? Uh, Austrian. Austrian. Okay. okay, so let's try it on you. So who, what do you know about Humboldt? You went to Humboldt State University. Yeah, well, an Austrian you're, explorer, you're alumnus, I think, and writer. That's really all I, I know about him. Explorer and writer, yeah. Kind of an adventurer. I always kind of thought of him as sort of like a Mark Twain type of a guy. Maybe not that yeah. radical, but... Oh, m- much more radical. Oh, really? More radical than Mark Twain? Yeah. Oh, okay. And he was like he was like a major rock star in the mid-1800s, mm-hmm. you know, when he died, he he was born in seventeen hundreds and lived most of most of his meaningful stuff happened in the eighteen hundreds. But anyway, I was this what what brought to mind is a story about pockets it's because I, in the story of him, uh, what what he how he ended up traveling, which is a long convoluted story. I won't get into all of it, but he went traveling across uh, South America mostly land in Venezuela and climbed up these mountains and he was like he was he was basically with his guy that he traveled with he um he was carrying all this stuff he was uh, essentially uh he was trained to be a mining engineer mm-hmm. just sort of to to search out that stuff and he was like you know he really just wanted to travel and he wanted he was interested in everything so he was traveling, and he had all these these um, instruments to measure things. He had something that somehow measured how, the blueness of the sky. Wow! I never even know what that means. I want one know. of those. Yeah. <laughs> yes. There's probably an app for that, Bob. Yes, I'm sure. I'm sure a lot <laughs> of stuff that he's doing is available uh, in app form nowadays. But uh, and he, he anyway, he had all these these you know. Uh, weather testing things and stuff to test the soil and he, he was uh, recording all the different plant species he saw which he discovered thousands of plants that nobody ever recorded before I mean, kind of reminds me of Darwin a little bit you know yeah and yeah. he was a great he was a great influence on Darwin Darwin like dedicated a lot of his work to the work of Humboldt really? because of because uh, the the essence of there's a there's a book out which is sort of what I was well, what I'm reading, it's a uh, called the the invention of nature, 
And he basically sort of thought of how all these things work together, how all the blueness of the sky works with the soil and with and how, how things like how forests are important to the whole planet because hmm. they create this oxygen and how the whole planet is should be considered as sort of a living organism that we're part of. Well, and that was that was news to the Europeans, I'm sure. But yeah, you know, a lot of and it was, it was indigenous the people world. probably figured this out a long time ago. But yeah, yeah, and it's yeah there, and he was also he since he was traveling around the Americas in that time when the slavery was still up happening. He was a, a abolitionist. He the rights of the native people. He spoke out for that. So a lot of stuff that sort of fell off deaf ears, I think, at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, so when he when he came back, he wrote all these books. He wrote all about his all his journeys in twenty volumes of books that he couldn't even afford anymore because he'd spent all his money traveling. And uh, and then he wrote a series of books called Cosmos, which is sort of uh, like his. Uh, boiling down of all his thoughts mm -hmm. of how it all worked together. And everybody in the, in America, in Europe, they all adored this guy. And as a result of that, a lot of stuff ended up with his name on it. There's all sorts of species that have Humboldt in the name, but there's also places like Humboldt Bay, which is how we ended up being Humboldt. Mm -hmm. It's because Humboldt Bay was named by this captain and uh, there's a couple of guys out at sea who you know quote unquote discovered it yeah <laughs> you know, <it's, laughs> i think it was uh, discovered a long time before that by uh, the weots or the yurks or some character yeah there's a pretty big of, uh, civilization going on right there already yeah yeah. yeah they were there are groups that have families and you know the first world people mm -hmm. Funny how the first world we that have names first been world co problems. Yeah. <laughs> we have first world problems, but there's first world people are not that aren't part of that problem. I don't know. <laughs> I went to see Lake Street Dive the other night. And yeah, you told me you were going. Yeah, I really enjoyed them a lot. Again, too loud, you know. So I went out and I bought three pair of earplugs. Amazon oh, has lit up the internet with all these little announcements. <laughs> yeah, my, your earplugs are coming, and you know I'm expecting to get all these big boxes, you know, with earplugs. The first ones came already, and they're these—they're um, really for shooting, target practice kind of thing, and they're like 32 dB, and they're great. You know, I play drums just for fun, and I've kind of gotten out of the habit of playing because it's—it's really loud, it's a little hard in the ears, and it's a hassle to get the right earplugs and stuff. These are great. Just put them on, and it sounds like you're in the studio. It's amazing. Yeah, I might take them to but, concerts. Yeah, so you think it's uh, there's enough range? I'd have to say um, I've been pleased so far. I'm going to take them to a concert and just see what happens. You, you said you got three pair. The other two haven't pair? shown up yet. I got some edematics and um, eargasm. Yeah. <laughs> I I just have so you know those those roll up things stick in their ear, which I find myself using rarely you'll you'll see you know photographers usually have earplugs you know? yeah and i i try and get some shots too and that's where i'm going to wear these they're called earmuffs or something like that you know they're like they look like big headsets you know and uh 
come to think of it, back when I first started going to a lot of concerts and clubs and things, I used to carry around this little pouch. It was one of those little squeeze, like a coin purse type thing on my keychain with these two silicon earplugs that had a little aluminum barrel kind of inserted inside with a hole in each end and the diaphragm in the middle. So it was like a shock absorber for your ears. And they were, I bought them at a gun shop, you know, and I had those for years. Then I got out of the habit. I started carrying around these little foam ones, right? Those became popular and widely accessible. But they don't sound very good, and you end up kind of taking them out or doing them halfway. Uh, And you get sort of a weird resonance in there on certain frequencies. So I thought, I'm going to invest in some good ones and, um, you know, start enjoying live music again. Yeah. I should do the same thing, spend some money and... uh I spent a hundred bucks on Amazon just on, on ear protection after that concert. You know, I said, right. "Okay, that's it. That's it. I'm, I'm tired of halfway measures. You know, I'm going to try all these different earplugs. So if I mention right. Atomotics or, you know, whatever on the, I, this is stuff I paid for. <laughs> it's not right. a commercial or endorsement or review or you know, paid review yeah. or anything like that. Well, there are these yeah. little apps you can get now for your iPhone or Android, whatever, and you know." I think there's maybe free ones or 99 cents or if you get a really fancy one, three bucks, you know. And I have a few of them and I I use them. I forgot at the Lake Street Dive concert. I've done enough of these now because I almost always check the sound level from my seat that I've gotten pretty good at guessing what it's going to be. And I'm pretty sure it was at 85 dB, which is kind of generally accepted now as the upper limit. But I think it's still too loud. Because your ears are ringing the next day, you know? Yeah. Well, high volume aside, I really liked Lake Street Dive Live. I thought they were just exquisite. And um, visually put on a good show, too, you know? So uh, that was a lot of fun. And the crowd went nuts. It was sold out. And um, it was just fun to watch, you know? Yeah. They didn't have, like, a light show or no. something like that. No, no. It's very, very stripped down. Because a lot of bands do that now. Mm-hmm. They have, if not sort of a... 60 style light show they just have a bunch of special lighting that they haul around with them you know come to think of it they there was a lot of lighting you know starbursts and sending all the little dots up in the ceiling and stuff that's almost right. expected now that's just kind of <laughs> yeah they have they have a laser show yeah essentially yeah and uh, you know i don't know that a lot of bands they like uh which i really don't like this that they they have the fog machine yeah, they had that too. Which is not, but not really fog. It's something else, and it's it's well, I don't I don't like it because it's really bad for photography. Oh, that's right, that's right. You know, you 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 have a, if you have a flash, and you shoot it in a room where there's a bunch <laughs> of fog machines, like you know, no, it doesn't work at all. No. Anyway. Yeah, when I saw Lady Gaga. Um, they ran the fog machine for about an hour before the show and just filled up the room, basically. <laughs> right. You know. And, that, you know, that I don't know what that stuff is. Yeah, I kind of wonder about that. I'm sure it's non-toxic, but really, you know. Yeah, it, it makes it choke a little bit. So mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. To return to the area of cooking, you know, I, I haven't seen this whole series yet. This is the Netflix tip of the week okay for me my friend who used to work with me as chef he's now 
traipsing around the country, sort of vagabond, and um, but you know they're they're settled for, for a little bit of time in Florida for the for the winter. I guess they're like uh, snowbirds. snowbirds. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, he said, "Oh, you got to check out this series called Cooked," and it, that's pretty much all he said. He said, "You'll like it." I'm sorry, what was and that again? I, I didn't... It's cooked. 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 It's a four-part series, um, a d- documentary series called mm-hmm. Cooked. And I go, mm, Cooked? I, 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 bet, I bet that's Michael Pollan. That's his latest book. Oh. And that is. And so then uh, I, you know, I looked it up, I taped it, and I, and I watched the, the, uh, the preview, the teaser, trailer, whatever you call it, and it looks amazing because it's about cooking and you know how how we change food by grilling or boiling or how you um, what happens when it starts to decompose and that's part of the process too you know, cheeses and kimchi all this you know there's all these sorts of ways to uh, to that you transform things fascinating uh, i'll look for that he's he wrote the omnivore's dilemma right that's probably yes. as big he's from uh, berkeley and uh yeah michael pollan p-o-l-l-a-n yeah not like the pollen that's on the bees the, uh, flowers yeah. bees yeah is that it funny um his name came up the other day in big cards to oh you know, he was sort of campaigner against what he calls, um, well, in favor of what he calls real food. Mm-hmm. In fact, he sort of boiled down his philosophy was eat food. <laughs> and what a, that meant to him. Something like if your grandparents didn't eat it, then don't eat it. Something like that. Yeah. And he came up here and I, I interviewed him before the, before the speech and, um, so went to the speech, which was all about uh, how you know how we relate to food today, and you know how do you find good food? Well, to start with, if you go to if you go to a supermarket, you'll only to the outside part, and you think about it, it's pretty pretty much a true thing. The you the lettuce, you know, you know the vegetables are on the one wall at the end right? yeah and then the milk and stuff is on the, the dairy and the dairy is on mm-hmm. the back and then the meat is on is somewhere else and those are all in the outer outer circles so food that's you're going to process yourself as opposed to the processed foods which is the middle it's because you know the the closer the middle you get you know really over-process anything. And Empty he, calories, yeah. Yeah, and he, he had brought with him a, a, a shopping bag that he'd gone wandering around a, some store and he bought these different things to talk about them. One of them was a, a Twinkie, which were, you Classic. know, they were a little... Yeah, it was, it was, you know, there was a time when... Twinkies were going to go away, but then they didn't go away, and they came back. And, they, and, uh, and you know, he talked about how Twinkies is just not anything that's real in it. 
at all. And it's all, you know, basically just preservatives. It was used and, as a defense in a landmark trial, the Twinkie defense. You know, the oh guy ate so many Twinkies, he, he was out of his mind, and he, and he killed George Moscone, the right. mayor of San Francisco, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So at the end of the, the night, he said, well, if, if anybody wants any of this food, just come up on stage, and I'll give you <laughs> whatever you want. I go, well, I, I want the Twinkie. And I go, I'm going to put it on my bookshelf and see what happens to it. That was like eight eight years ago. It's oh, still there. Fuck. It's still there. It's still there. It has never, there's not any gray spot or black. There's nothing growing on oh it at God, all. That is so disgusting. It's, it's not quite as spongy as it but used to be. The ants don't so. want it. The bacteria no. doesn't want it. They know better. No. Yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> the mold doesn't want it. It's not really food. It's no. Weird. Yeah. It's a sponge-like yeah. stomach filler. Wow. That is strange. Hey, you know, when you mentioned Netflix Pick of the Week, I was reminded of a, a term that I, that I learned this week. Well, you first, some time ago, told me about Netflix and chill. There's a new one out, AM Radio and Chill. It's kind of a new headline. AM thing. Radio? Yeah. I learned that on the Urban Dictionary. Like, sometimes I hear stuff and I think, hmm, I better look this up. And it, it it's, is that like a term for meth heads or something? No, it's just uh, <laughs> you know. No, it's another another um, pseudonym for uh, something to do with sex, probably. Yeah, right? yeah, but it's just you know, if you're into vinyl, I guess you're into AM radio and chill. I don't know. Or grandpa, where did I come from? Well, your grandmother and I AM radioed and chilled and. That's where your father came from, and then, then you came along, or whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, AM radio was a long time ago for me. You know, I got, I got this new car with a brand new radio, mm -hmm. and uh, it's like, okay, set all these uh, presets. So I got, you know, more FM radio than I can deal with. Interestingly enough, in Humboldt County, there's a lot of public radio. There's a wealth of public radio, yeah. yeah. And I, could, I could pretty much do a whole set of six presets and not have anything that has a commercial. Lucky it. you. Mm -hmm. um, but then then the second one is like, okay, there's the, the country station and the, the young kids station and the old kids station and the oldie station or whatever and then i then i switch over to the am i said what is there on am now it's all it's like, talk it's either god talk or gun talk or um weird pseudo-political talk yeah yeah well i, I was talking to a young guy not you totally young you know 30 something and he was talking about we were talking about podcasting and uh, he said, oh, I don't ever listen to podcasts. I said, well, what, well, what do you listen to? He said, well, I, I usually have the radio on to talk radio. And he switches between there's sort of a left-wing talk show radio guy, and then there's a right-wing guy. So, you know, he listens to some of Glenn Beck. Just sort of so he has his finger on the pulse, basically. And, you know, he finds it entertaining and... Uh, who knows 
somebody's out there listening to all that. I I guess that's what if you if you probably do all the statistics, there's probably more people listen to talk show radio, talk radio, more people listen to talk radio than anything. Oh yeah. Well, more than listen to us. And here we are talking. But um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, my theory about that is they have a room full of writers, just like, you know, a comedian or uh, a dramatic series, and they're just coming up with stuff. And it doesn't necessarily have to be true or really be meaningful, but it's entertaining and it's engaging. And then if people hear enough of it, they start to parrot it back when they call in. You know, a ditto heads. And those are the people that get past the call screeners. So it's a, it's a hall of mirrors where people are just re endlessly reflecting on some ideas that were just kind of cooked up by somebody. And they don't necessarily um, have any real meaning, you know. That, that's my take on it. But, you know, everyone's yeah. entitled no, to their own I, opinion. I, that's my opinion. I think you're totally right, though. It's that it's sort of something... This It's the scary part of it is that the ideas that are the popular topic of the day are chosen by some group of guys, you know, probably uh, in Washington, D.C. Some think tank are, somewhere, yeah. Yeah, it, who, well, think tank or, you know, maybe some people will even know who they are. But they decide, oh, okay, the, the sound bite. And, you know, John Stewart used to do a great job of just pulling out the little phrase that's exactly. going to pop up endlessly in in the news. It's like yeah, there would be the word know. of the day. Basically, I mean, it was just something that the, the talking point. They would all use the same one, and the odds of that happening naturally are very slim. So it was just his way of saying, "Look, they're all reading the same facts," you know, "fax." They're right. getting the facts from Blurb Central, and they're just parroting it. You know, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I miss having John around to filter all that stuff out for me. But I guess there's other people doing the same thing. John Oliver's doing a great job, and um, Samantha B. Have you seen her? I haven't seen her show yet. Yeah, I've just caught some clips here and there, and I'm trying to set it up to record. For some reason, it's not recording, <laughs> but I've watched her online, and she's wickedly uh, incisive. Yeah, she was good on John's show mm -hmm. on John. Daily Show, and I, for whatever reason, because our local cable company decided that they were gonna weren't weren't going to succumb to the Viacom pressure or something, but they basically made it so that we don't have option of watch watching the comedy channel anymore. Hmm. But it's kind of she's on something besides, else. Uh... But 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 you know, I'm talking about the Daily Show. Oh yeah. Um, the guy from South Africa, whose name I can't even remember what it is, because it's so long since I've seen him. Trevor Noah. Oh, Trevor, yeah. 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 He's good. Yeah. You know, I've been watching him, and uh, I think he's a better interviewer in a way than John is. And John, yeah. John w w was always sort of dropping jokes in. He would ask these either-or questions. Well, is it this and this and this and this, or is it that or that or that or that or that? And there was usually a joke worked in there, so it was more of a vehicle to say something funny than it was really to get an answer. Really, to find out a more good interviewer will something. ask who, what, when, where, why, you know, instead of is it this or is it that. 
Right. And Trevor's it's much fun, better that way. The fine art of interviewing is a whole other topic of discussion. Yeah. How do you get people to talk? And, you know, it, when it's an open-ended ended conversation. Mm-hmm. It's something that I think, I you know, I tried to... I, well, I started out my journalism career pretty much when, when I really got serious. It was just, it was because of uh, partly partly growing up reading Rolling Stone magazine, mm-hmm. and they'd have these in, interviews. They, the magazine would always have these long Q and A things, and when I came, you know, I started working for a magazine, just a local thing, and you know, here's your opportunity to exercise that concept and you know I, I ended up interviewing some really amazing people i can't even i mean when i look back it's like oh okay in 1990 something i did this great hour-long interview with john trudell wow his life at that point and it's what's interesting when he died which was just the end of the last year mm-hmm. just just i Couple months yeah, ago, I, I I dug out that interview because it's somewhere in my back archives, mm-hmm. and I posted it. And my friends said, "Oh, you should you should publish this." I said, "Well, who who'd be interested? This magazine this is going to publish this interview I did with John." Fantastic! Years and years ago. Well, he was just so far ahead of everybody else that what he yeah. said then is really prescient. I'd love that yeah, link too, it, so we could share it with our listeners. Yeah, and um, you know, sometimes, like I interviewed Jimmy Cliff when he was coming to Breaking on the River, and this was early on before he sort of gotten sort of disnified. If you, mm-hmm. will, you turned me you on know. to reggae, by the way, and Jimmy Cliff, <laughs> and the harder they come, yeah. you're you're the culprit. Yeah. But J- Jimmy Cliff, you know, I I have yet to. to for, it's been years since I've read an interview where he talked about any of the stuff we talked about. Because he was talking about, you know, how he was looked over be- because uh, he wasn't a Rastafarian, because Bob Marley got all the attention. He was really kind of frustrated by mm. that. And particular because when he came to America, he was, uh, he was hanging around Chicago, the black community, and he ended up becoming a black Muslim. Hmm. A, you know, I'm a, I, was a, I was a Muslim. That's why they they didn't give me the attention that I deserved hmm. as an artist, was because of my religion. It's like, then, you know, you ask him that now, you know, he's probably includes a healthy dose of Bob Marley in his set, and he, you know, thanks Ja for this and that, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever. And I, I, I'm sure he would probably not emphasize his uh, roots as a as a black Muslim, definitely. Anything else going on, Bob? Well, oh, this morning, I got a, a message from the p- people at Reggae on the River. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the festival's not until August, but they have to announce the schedule now, who's playing, so, you know. And there was a lot of people that I didn't know who they are, you know. It's, as you said, you know, I turned you on to reggae maybe, uh, but at this point it's like I need somebody to guide me <laughs> through that world completely. It's like... There's too much. Uh, 
Yeah. It's well, there's a lot of there's a lot of artists who I've never heard from heard of them before. Mm -hmm. And they're, you know, maybe they're Jamaican, maybe they're not, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But there's a few that I was kind of excited about, like uh the Mad Professor yeah. and Soul Syndicate, mm -hmm. which is uh sort of the foundations of uh dub and in a different sort of t way than uh, Jamaican dub. Well, that should be coming up, and you're you're pretty much a regular there, right? You go almost every year. Yeah, mm -hmm. I have. I think I maybe missed one, mm -hmm. and I brought you one time. You so did, yeah. It was it was, was fun. 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 It was so uh, very hot. Yes, it is very hot. But what I loved about it, you had to walk kind of a long way from the camping area to the stage, and it was hotter in blazes, right? And there were people, you know, dressed in these white robes and stuff, and that was really perfect, right, for the weather. But there was always this boom, 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 you know, that kind of just this low frequency kind of rolling down the valley all the time, you know? And it just went so well with the heat. It really helped me even further understand the music, you know? Yeah. That was cool. you, you mentioned the... Uh... The long walk. It's like, well, at this point in my life, you know, I'm not going to walk all that way to go to the, hear the music. You flag down so, the golf cart? No. They they actually, they had a an incident one year, oh, it was a few years back, where they, uh, the four buys, four by, you know, mm -hmm. they were everywhere. And somebody crashed really horribly and was badly injured and brought on a lawsuit. Mm -hmm. So they kind of uh, keep that a total minimum. But what's replaced it is rickshaws. <laughs> You're kidding me. It's, That's great. That's it's great. great. It, it's just great. <laughs> it's like you just flag down the rickshaw and you give them a few bucks and they take you from the gate to the gate. Fantastic. To the, to the show, to the bowl, they call it. Yeah. That's cool. Okay, and then, and then uh, the other thing is, oh, they're announcing uh, additions to the Kate Wolf Festival. Ah, uh, yes. Which is, uh, that's earlier, that's in June. And uh, Harry Belafonte is the really? main singer. He was sitting behind me once when I went to a benefit concert. Yeah. He's a good-looking yeah. guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just heard him on uh, NPR this morning. Mm -hmm. Not about reggae, but... Uh, or, or Kate Wolf or any festival mm -hmm. he's playing. It's just his role of his role in the civil rights movement. Yeah, and, uh, how music fits in with that, and that always has. Yeah, and uh, the uh, Dave and Phil Alvin, they're playing. They've been around quite a bit. Yeah, I saw them in yeah. the fall at the Strawberry Music Festival, and they were excellent. Yeah, yeah. formerly the Blasters mm -hmm. at one point, but when I discovered them and who else is playing oh well this woman that just played here liza gilkerson oh liza gilkerson i love i love her she's uh yeah texas gal singer songwriter and she's got a sharp pen when she writes she writes some really yeah. smart stuff yeah yeah you know i i interviewed her when she was coming here it's like okay well what are we going to talk about we'll figure it out and i ended up asking her about her her um growing up in a song writing household mm -hmm. because her dad 
was uh, he wrote songs that you would still, you know, if you were in the 50s, you would have known them. Um, and on into the 60s, he wrote uh, the music for Jungle Book. Yeah, he wrote for which, motion pictures, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he wrote the song, uh, the one that the, the bear sings, Baloo. I'm not a Jungle Baloo, Book the bear. Uh, expert. Well, the, the Jungle, <laughs> Jungle Book was is one of those car- Disney cartoons that came sort of, at, well, it was, came out in 67. So we had already grown up by that. Mm-hmm. You know, we were too old. We were teenagers, too old to see Yeah, if it. you had kids just the right age, you probably saw it a lot, you know, repeating around the yeah. house kind of a thing. Yeah, and, and this summer, they're going to be back into Jungle Book consciousness because Disney's coming out with sort of a CGI version hmm. of it. And with voices of various people. Now, the song that was Baloo the Bear, the new one is Bill Murray, if you can imagine that. Bill Murray, okay. That should be fun. <laughs> Bill Murray, Bill Murray, you know? Wow. He's he's a name that uh, just being associated with him. Yeah. It's, Bur- it's Bill Murray, man. It's Bill Murray. Lost in Translation, Groundhog Day, Ghostbusters. There's a, there's this there's this great little thing. Uh, there's a movie called Coffee and Cigarettes. It's a bunch of short pieces uh, with with you know stars that you know. Kate Blanchett was in it in a piece where she plays herself and her cousin. And, uh, hmm. and but anyway, Bill Murray's he. He plays this guy who's Bill Murray, but he's the guy who pours the coffee. He's got a little paper hat, and he he's interacting with uh, a couple of guys from Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> and they go, "Bill Effin Murray, what are you doing here?" I said, oh, "Don't tell him, but it's a secret." <laughs> well, how could it be a secret? You're Bill, Bill Murray. <laughs> it's like uh, it's. Sort of hilarious. Of uh, yeah, I was looking um, up. I was looking up Eliza Gilkison and her dad sang the number one recording of "On Top of Old Smokey." He was the lead vocalist (laughs) (laughs) for the Weavers. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Marianne. Oh, okay. Marianne. He sung one of the songs that he wrote, which was, uh, uh, I think. Harry Belafonte said it okay. too. Uh, All right, Bob, this has been fun. How do people get in touch with you? Well, you can find me on Instagram. That's really easy. I'm there all the time. Or Facebook, Bob Doran. Look for the little icon of Bob. All right. Have a great weekend, Bob. Oh, you too. Cook something good. Okay. Big thanks to our correspondent, Bob Doran. And thanks to the Corporation for Public Broadcasting for their support. I'm Greg McVicker, encouraging you to go out and have a great weekend.